Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I am going to do the thing that we were always told in public speaking school that you should never do at the beginning of a talk, and that is to tell you what not to think about. And what I want you to not think about right now is chickens or chicks. You know, the birds that peck around in the barnyard and you throw seed out to them, the ones that you buy at the grocery store. Now, the time for thinking about chickens will come either at Easter, when we often not only have chocolate bunnies, but sometimes also chocolate chickens, or when you go to Dollarama, which is already filled to the brim with Easter stuff and no doubt there are chickens all over the place. So now I'm going to do what you're told you're supposed to do which is now that I've told you not to think about chickens, I'm going to tell you about the thing I want you to think about. And that is birds of prey. Hawks, falcons, eagles. In fact, let's, let's stick with eagles for right now, one of my favorite. I want you to think about their aries high up in a tree or on a cliffside, not down there pecking around a barnyard, but up high, three to four feet across. Birds that are a meter wide in wingspan, talons, beaked hooks, big enough to swoop down and pick up a baby if you've seen the YouTube video. Think of little eaglets in those areas, high up in the tree or up on the cliff, being fed from their father or mother, raw meat, small animals, so they grow a big and strong eagle. Now, why do I want you thinking not about chickens, but about eagles? I want you to think about eagles so that you have the right picture in mind when you hear again the words of our Lord. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets, stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings? And you were not willing. Now, here's the problem. When I say hen, I bet you immediately thought of the thing I told you not to think about, which is chickens. But hen means female bird, not a particular kind of bird. And in fact, if you look through the scriptures, the kind of bird that Jesus probably does have in mind is a hawk or a falcon or an eagle. Jesus is the strong mother hen the red-tailed hawk, the bald eagle, the bird of prey, looking for its babies to come and bring them food so that they would grow up strong like her, coming to teach them how to fly. But the mother eagle comes to the nest, and the nest is empty. The eaglets are gone. The area is forsaken. Behold, Jesus says, your house is is forsaken, and I tell you, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The eagle looks around in vain for its babies to gather them together, and they will not let her. Now, I'm coming back from a rather extended, unplanned leave, and I have to admit that while I was out in De Montagne during that leave, I thought a few times about Martin Luther and what happened to him after the Diet of Worms, where he was called to give an account for all the texts that he had written 
and to renounce them before the Pope's ambassadors and before the emperor. And of course, after he wouldn't do that and was on his way back to Wittenberg, he was kidnapped by his own duke and sent to live in the Wartburg, the mighty fortress up on a hill, much like the eagle's nest. And he was locked up in there for a long period of time, a little over a year, away from his chicks, the people of Wittenberg. And I can imagine that, like me, Martin Luther desperately wanted to get back to his chicks, back to Wittenberg, to gather them together in the midst of this storm that was coming upon the church to protect them and to feed them with God's word. But he could not. So he did the best he could, translated huge portion of the scriptures into German, the language of his chicks, so that they could read it in their own tongue and hear it in their own language. And while he was there in the Warburg, he started to hear things about what was going on in the nest back in Wittenberg, what was happening with the chicks. And some of it was downright horrible. There was mass confusion. New birds, dodo birds, had come in to roost in Wittenberg to preach all sorts of crazy things. The Zwickau prophets teaching that they had a direct revelation from God. And how do you dispute a direct revelation from God? How do you dispute somebody who says, God told me to tell you this, except to say, well, God told me not to listen to you. And then you have a fight. Karlstadt, Luther's former teacher, now student, was going into churches and ripping down statues and breaking stained glass windows and preaching power to the people, even calling on them to rise up against their own government and overthrow it. So finally, Luther left his high, airy nest at the Wartburg, came swooping back into Wittenberg on the wings of the gospel. And in his first Sunday back in Wittenberg, he started to preach. In the first place, he said, we must know that we are the children of wrath and all our works, intentions, and thoughts are nothing at all. Secondly, that God has sent us his only begotten son, that we may believe in him. And whoever will put his trust in him should be free from sin and called a child of God. Thirdly, there must also be love, and through love we must do unto one another as God has done unto us through faith. Fourthly, we need patience. For whoever has faith trusts in God and shows love to his neighbor, practicing it day by day, and they will suffer persecution. For the devil never sleeps and continually molests. And here, dear friends, one must not insist upon his rights, but must see what may be useful and helpful to his brother or sister. Therefore, we must not look upon ourselves or our strength or our rank, but upon our neighbor. Excerpts, obviously, from a much longer sermon. But grounding his chicks once again, feeding them once again on the pure food of Christ's death and resurrection for them, on their forgiveness of sins, on their status before God as God's children, and therefore calling upon them as God's baptized children to be patient with one another and to love one another 
and to not insist upon their own rights, but to look for the needs of others. Luther wanted to gather his flock together in the name of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, and our new identity as children of a heavenly father. But before he could do that, he also had to address them as Jerusalem to point out where they'd failed, where they'd rejected the prophets, and where they needed to be gathered together by Christ. Like I said, I felt a little bit the same way as Luther, locked up out in Dumoltine, wanting to, to gather all of us together, my fellow chicks, under the wings of Jesus Christ, stretched out crucified for us, wanting to bring you the good news of a Lord who wants only to gather his people together and to protect them and shelter them and feed them. First, to be with you, to learn alongside Jesus Christ about how to handle all the twists and turns of the pandemic, the ones especially that we might have anticipated but did not. How does one demonstrate Christ's love in the midst of a pandemic? We're still struggling to figure that out. How do we honor, serve, love, and cherish our governing authorities, even when we might be convinced that they're wrong? How do we demonstrate that Christ's love for us came through sacrifice? That the way one becomes an enemy of the cross is one, when one begins insisting on one's own rights instead of looking for the needs of others. And how do we serve them? But before I could do that, Christ had to mother me. I really needed time for Christ to come and gather me under his wings and remind me that I am one of those little chicks. And in fact, I am also Jerusalem. I have also depended too much on my own strength, on my own abilities, on my own vision. And I needed to sit just like all of us do under the feet of the gospel to be reminded again that the only thing I have that is worth having, the only thing that is given to me that's worth holding on to is my identity in Christ, given to me in baptism, fed to me at this altar, the same gospel that you hear, I need to hear as well. And so here we are together, listening to Jesus, the mother eagle that wants to gather us together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. But too often, we also are not willing. It's not easy to be a parent, you see. And that's precisely what Jesus says that he is in this text. A mother hen gathering her chicks. It's not easy being a parent, especially with teenagers. When they get to that point where they are becoming adults themselves, or even younger children who can be very demanding in their own right, or even adult children who think they have everything figured out and aren't sure what to do with these old fogey people that are their mom and dad. Many of you have felt the pain of children rejecting you like God feels when his people and his children reject him. I pray for the younger ones among you that are only maybe beginning the possibility of parenthood, that you never have to feel that yourselves. Children are like little eaglets in the nest, right? 
chirping and screaming and hawking for attention, for food, for love. A little bit like our cat at home. Meow, 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 meow. What is it that you want now? And as parents, we have to figure out when to give our children the thing that they want and when not to. And you know what it's like when a child is begging and screaming and chirping and mewling for something and you have to say no. Why do you hate me so much? Why don't you give me the thing that I want? You never love me. We've all heard things like that. But you know what? What good parent gives their child everything they want? What do you call a child whose parents give them everything they want? Spoiled. Like bad fruit. It's got moldy and brown, started to fall apart. No good parent gives their kids everything they ask for. They give some of it, but not all of it. We don't want spoiled kids, after all, and neither does our Heavenly Father. He doesn't want to spoil us so that we become useless in the world to ourselves, to the church, and to our neighbors, to our fellow citizens who may not yet have come to confess the name of Christ. God's name is holy, as we just talked about in the catechism, and he wants us who bear the name child of God to be holy as well, so that God's holiness might come into contact with the unholiness of the world and transform it. And so, like any good parent, Jesus disciplines us and does not always give us what we want. Sometimes he calls upon us to sacrifice for the sake of others, for that is the message of the cross, that salvation comes through God's own sacrifice of himself for you and me. And now as God's children, he calls on us to sacrifice for others. So our eyes are turned to the news once again. Did anybody have on their 2022 bingo card coming out of the pandemic onto the verge of a world war? I know I didn't. Certainly there were a lot of people that said, you know, after 2021, how bad could 2022 be? And therein lies the problem that too often we are Jerusalem. We expect that God will give us everything we want all the time. We have come to expect a world without evil, far too many of us. Although I know that many of you have come from places where evil is right there on the doorstep. Many of us have lived in places where we haven't had to feel that for generations. But now even Slovakia is in the news as they are overwhelmed with refugees crossing from Ukraine into their country and trying to figure out how to cope with all of these people. But the war in Ukraine is not anything new. We've seen what's been going on in Iraq and Afghanistan for years in the heart of Africa, in places like Venezuela and Nicaragua, where despots have kept their people under their foot. Christians are being called upon to sacrifice all the time. This is just a new awareness that some of us have, that it might be our turn as well. But the good news is that God is still our father. In fact, in this text, he's also our mother. God is the one who is that mother eagle who comes to spread his wings over us as Jesus spread out his arms on the cross. 
Jesus is the eagle that comes down to put food in our mouths, just as he does at this altar. Jesus is the one who teaches us how to fly. And sometimes that means falling straight out of the nest to the ground, but having that mother eagle come and say, let's try that again. And why? Because you are my daughters and you are my sons and I am yours and I will see you fly as much as it might hurt. Here we are after two months of not gathering together, gathered together once again as the chicks of our mother eagle. Our citizenship is in heaven, Paul says. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, our childlike bodies, our little chick bodies, to be like his glorious body, talons, beak, wingspan, able to fly by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. And so Jesus is making a new Jerusalem, you and I, by feeding us, and teaching us, and reminding us every day of who you and I are. Chicks of the heavenly hen, little eaglets of the mother eagle, being raised to live with him forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.